Show episode number 396. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me on this beautiful October afternoon in Las Vegas. My favorite month of the year is wrapping up here in Las Vegas. I guess it'll be the last Wednesday that we get together in the month of October. And it's cold in the mornings when you wake up, but right now in the middle of the afternoon, just wrapping up with USC Media Day, about 77 degrees outside. Just perfect. Just it is. But even with it still cold, it warmed up pretty quick. Cause I, mm. Yeah, it was like 50-something early on. And then I think by the time the, the media day started, I think it was like back up to like 60-something or whatever. But yeah, man, the other day I got out to get some steps early in the morning. I actually had a beanie on, what? put a little pullover. <laughs> had a little pullover right here. I had it all layered up. But then like halfway through the walk, I was like, okay. Then the heat, the, yeah. then the sun started coming. I was like, uh, that was, was I, stupid. I mean, like mid-50 degrees is like downright Arctic temperatures yeah. when we live here in Las Vegas. But yeah. <laughs> Then you get out in the sun and you're like, wait, it's really you're not like, that cold. What, why did I buy into this? But yeah, of course, today we still have the shorts. We still have the shorts, uh, t-shirts. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's. Well, that's you in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're that way. 365, 364 days, because there's the day you put a suit on for the uh, the uh, award show. The World MMA Awards, that's, that's true. That that's is it. true. It's shorts every that other day. And anytime I'm doing a CFFC broadcast, I do have, briefly, Briefly, that's Briefly. just for hours. That's not. That's not the whole day. <laughs> it's only. It's only the main card. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so in in one year, one calendar year, you probably wear pants four hours. <laughs> that sounds about right. Less. Well, all right. So your shows are decent length. Uh, yeah, so yeah. We'll give you. We'll that. give you 24 hours. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right. All right. Listen, uh, we did just get through with the media day at UFC uh, Fight Night 213. We'll certainly talk about that. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. Uh, a lot of other stuff's going on. I actually just got back in from Florida, man. Went down to Florida for a real quick little PFL media day that it set up. We did, uh, unfortunately, uh, miss Kayla Harrison. She was supposed to be there at American Top Team, but had to cancel. I think uh, one or, or both of her kids got sick. So, unfortunately, I had a late scratch there. But uh, did have a chance to go see ATT, which is always good to go see the crew at American Top Team, man. They were it's so crazy how many guys or, or, and, and girls, for that matter, yeah. are there. You know I mean? Just fighters. Incredible. And, and – uh, you know, the the number of recognizable athletes from big organizations on the mats there is crazy. But it, it was pretty cool to see that uh, the last person done out of everybody uh, was Dustin Poirier. You know what I mean? Yeah, the guy that's, that's cool. still the guy that's been there forever and you know has put in the work for years and years, and he's still you know the last one there. The, all the everybody's gone, and he's still finishing things up. So that was cool. And same day, also got to go see the new facility for Kill Cliff MMA, which is solid man you know american top team they kind of moved into that palatial facility a few years back and uh you know it, it left the, the sanford mma team feeling good you know what i mean but they were a little bit of a step behind now they got this new facility with Killcliffe mma and uh it's just it's it's phenomenal to, to have two teams that good and 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 because it was sparring day at kill cliff as well man and it was just loaded full of absolute killers as well and it's so it's so amazing to see like two squads that big but just the facilities that they're working out in as yeah. well you know what i mean like world class gyms i mean it's not that long ago that people were like working out in garages and you know just yeah. little dank gyms here and there and now you've got these stunning massive world-class facilities i don't know something about that day just made me feel good about man this sport just 
continues to get bigger. There's investment in it. There's growth in it. it was I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a cool experience. Yeah. So when you walk through my garage gym here, you weren't quite as impressed as uh, oh, Kill Cliff. Yeah. Uh, hard coffee. Is that what <laughs> we're hard, going? The hard, the hard coffee's gym for hard bodies. <laughs> I don't know. It changes. It changes on the daily. Yeah. Oh no. The hard coffee gym over <laughs> is is ju- just a step below. Just those. a step I mean, below. But, Kill Cliff. I mean, e- but equal with AT and T because it's been around for a little uh, yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, it's starting to get run down over I mean, there. Stuff. <laughs> and, 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 I remember that gym came out. I mean, I remember the fact that they had the dorms there and just all that other stuff. It was just like wow. They're taking it to a whole nother level. They're literally providing an environment for fighters to say, "All right, you want to come train here." Cool, come. Yep. And if you really need, you know, if you don't have the means to stay with somebody, yep. or of course put yourself up in a hotel, we got you covered. Because and, and there are, you know, that's it. there are hotels right there by them as yeah. well. But then they've got the dorms as well. It's it's, it's unreal. A, it's a perfect setup. Wash, uh, like I remember they had washer and dryers. We did a, a tour years back. I guess it's been about a few years yeah, since we went in there. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, they have everything covered. It's, All the it's, bases. I mean, are it's definitely pre-pandemic before we went in there. So yeah. now you're talking about, you know three, four years at this point since we've yeah. been there. And and what was amazing to me, because, you know, we've seen it before, but that trophy case that they have just yeah. keeps growing. In fact, they're adding, they're having to add cases just to hold I was gonna all say, the I new belts. I think when we did that, when I went, did that, I think it was one. I think they had one trophy yeah, case. Now they got four. That's and they're all full. Crazy. And it's every organization. And it's cool, man. It's You got PFL belts. You got you got uh, one belts. You, you got yeah, UFC belts. You got, B, you got uh, BKFC belts in there as well. I mean, trying to think, was PFL a thing then? Or is it still just World, World Series maybe? It was probably still World Series back yeah. the last time we went. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool to see. So, it was, it was a cool. good day. Got to talk to some of the, the PFL talent. And then I flew back in late last night. And uh, we, we came to media day this morning. But before we get into that, I did want to talk to you because obviously I did wrap up UFC 280 on the and a half episode this past weekend. <clears throat> but uh, I hadn't had a chance to get to talk to you about it because I, 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 want, I want to find out a couple of things. I mean, obviously the main event is the Mahashev. I, I, absolutely incredible. Can't say enough about how, how wonderful he performed. Uh, yeah, he did okay. He did all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looks primed to potentially be a champion for, for quite some time. Um, but that is that 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 division is very difficult to stay at the top of for long. So, uh, you know, I think everybody's a little a little fast sometimes. Say, oh, you know, welcome to the Machida era, right? You yeah. know, welcome to the Mahashev era. Here we go. But I will say, I mean, he certainly has the skills to potentially reign for a while. But we'll see how that all plays out in time. But almost more interesting, I was really curious to think uh, to find out what you think about. The Sean O'Malley moving all the way to number one in the rankings because I've seen some reaction to it, and I feel like it's about 50-50 right down the middle on whether they like it or whether they don't. I'll just say in my where own, was he at before? He was number eleven, Whew, but but Piotr Jan was number one, so yeah. eleven beats one. He moved that's to MMA one. math. But I I I'll be honest. I turned mine in, and and I'll lay out my rankings here. I turned my ballot in. I had Marab Davalashvili as number one actually. I have Marlon uh, Chito Vera as number two. And then that's where I had uh, Sean O'Malley as at number three with Peter Yawn behind him at four, then Dillashaw five, San Hagen six, which I think those like six is kind of where it's – because to me I think you know you still have to respect the head-to-head result of Chito over Sean, Sean O'Malley, which I mean Peter Yawn at four may seem a little bit extreme, but he has had – 
you know, the, 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 the three losses now at this point, which, you know, you may say, okay, well, one of them's controversial, one of them DQ, I don't know. But still, nonetheless, I, I mean, I guess you could say they're all controversial, but you still, I think, have to respect it. So, I don't know. Yeah. I had Sean O'Malley at three, but I, I, I get the people that say number one. If, if Jan was number one and you beat number one, you get to be number one. But I don't think that's always the case, right? I think it, you still got to try to factor in the head-to-heads a little bit. Yep. So my 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 ballot had him at number three, which I don't think is any kind of an insult to Sean O'Malley. I mean, that's the one thing. That's the one thing that I don't think you you know can deny here is that he deserves to be up there in those yeah. very upper echelon. But I'm just curious, did the number one shock you, stand out to you, or, or are you on board with it? I mean. Uh- I agree with the, the the whole MMA math side of things. Like, all right, if you beat number one, you're kind of at number one. But I like and I agree with the the, the past one-on-ones as well. I mean, like, you can't put them above the guys that are right there that didn't get the shot to, to take on the number one guy, and they beat you. They should deserve to be above. So when I look at your rankings here, him at three and Jan at four, I think that's – I mean, I think that's a solid move. I mean, I mean – it wasn't like Jan, you can't put him at fucking 12th. You can't take him that far down and drop him down to where he did. I think that's a good placement for him. But Amali, yeah, jumping up to one, I mean, I think that's just that's just riding the hype train and people just, you know, I mean, granted, these picks are done by people that are just, you know, making their decisions, you know, and riding whatever sort of talk amongst themselves. I mean, it's not like that's what the UFC exactly thinks either. I mean, this right. is riders and reporters and people off to the side. I think if they probably would do the same sort of thing here and break down who's beaten who, who's beaten who, you know, it would probably would be closer, I think, to your rankings. I'm not upset by it by any means because no. it did beat the guy that was number one, but you're right. How do you put him over top of a guy that just beat him or beat him not that long ago? That's kind of what I think. Yeah. That's kind of what I think. So, by the way – I every- mean, 11 to 3 is a huge fucking jump. Still a massive jump. I mean, 11 to 1 is a crazy jump, but I mean – And it's not that if, if, you're, if you're at number three, you can't give number three a title shot if right. that's what you want to do next. I mean, obviously the UFC can give – Number right. 100 a title they shot. They gave him the number one guy. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they can do whatever <laughs> they 11. want. But it doesn't look out. Of, it doesn't look weird. Like, I, the, I can't see the general public going, you know, why are you giving number three a title shot? Like, well, yeah. well especially if you're like, well, Marab's number one, and they're not going to fight whatsoever. You know, we've already got this fight. Yeah. At that point, then maybe you do make an argument of why you, you're not giving it to Cheeto because, it, it, yeah. you know, so you could have that argument. But It's just weird because the, the fight had so many people on – the opposite side of where that decision went that it's weird that he would get the number one nod, um, especially if some of those people that were complaining have anything to do with the, the actual process. That's you would think that that too. wouldn't have happened. And I thought about that as well, too. You know, if if Sean comes in and starches number one, yeah. maybe you go, can't deny him. I mean, can't it was, deny so, him. It was, so, it was yeah. so convincing. It was such a thorough destruction that you have to. But it wasn't. I yeah. will say, though, I'm happy to see that it looks like the, the storyline is coming back, at least what I've seen among, I think, even fans and, and media especially, that I've seen a lot of people kind of backing off and saying, hey, I went back and watched it again, yeah. and this was a lot closer. right?" Because I came out of it on, on Saturday saying, guys, I was a little surprised that everybody was saying, robbery. This yeah, is complete I, and utter robbery. To me, two and three were clear, and one was very, very close. And so, you know. I didn't think it was right, but it does feel like now people are coming back a little bit and saying, you know what, I watched it again, and not a robbery, very close fight. Yeah. And I'm happy to see that because I, I, I thought that was a little surprising to see that everybody was just on the train, that no way this was yeah. a shot. And I think I, I think I probably did pick Sean when I was watching it first, but again, I was, you know, when we discussed this earlier in media day, obviously anytime you make a pick or anytime you, you 
put yourself on one side of the line. It's hard to not be sort of biased, it's you why, know, watching it's, it's it. why I don't bet. You know, because so I can't separate myself from my money. I was heavily hoping that Sean would, because that was the only one in our whole staff that actually picked him. Yeah. So I was like, come on, make me look good, make me look good. And I remember in the first, after the first round, I was like, okay, you know, it's a lot closer and tougher. And I was like, there were moments where I was like, you saw that Sean was there, but then I was also like, wow, you know, this might not go the way that we want it to go. Um, but at the end of it, I didn't, by any means feel like that it was a robbery or yep. that that it was the wrong decision. I could see where if it went the other way, I wouldn't have been upset or sad. But again, I was looking at it very, very <laughs> biased in one direction because I wanted to look like I knew what I was talking about when I made that pick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to jump all the way up and to have that many people that are involved with the rankings process pick him above the other guys is a, is a, is a little bit shocking. Look- I mean, but I mean... I could tell you in 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 a week or in a month how many times I look at the the rankings. I spend five minutes, and it's usually right. like during a fight week. I'm like, wait, what ranking is this going in right. there? Because everybody's making something out of it. I think most people um, that really watch the sport, I mean, like they don't care about the rankings as much because we've we figured out years ago that it's not like the UFC puts one against two, two against three, three yeah, they, against four. They pick the guy that's hot, has the hot or heavy hand, or the woman that's going in there starching the other ladies, and they put her in, in a title shot. Um, so, like, the fact that he jumps up, good for him, but, you know, it doesn't really matter anything. It's it's all just perception, you know. Right. For the people on the outside that aren't knowing maybe who these fighters are, they'll look at that number, and then they can initially, in their heads, put some sort of value to what this fighter's worth is. So they can look and say, oh, that's the guy that won that fight over in Abu Dhabi. Man, he's up at number one. He must be something. He must be something. He's the guy that's going to get for the belt soon. Whereas the other people that know what's up, they're like, wait, but what about Marab up there? Mm-hmm. What about Cheeto up mm-hmm. there? You know, what about these mm-hmm. other guys? Um, so I don't put too much value in that particular thing. If it, Just in terms of, you know, I think when it gets to the point where, like, when it's a contender fight or when a, a fight could possibly be a contender fight, it gives us something else to sort of chat about and add some extra point. value. It's a discussion point. It's just point. a discussion it's point. It was, yeah, yeah. If it was like, hey, the USC only gets the guy that's number one a title shot, right. then that would be a big deal. Then I think people would be yeah. a little bit more Here, of an just like, eh, you know, what, do you, like, what, what do you think? What, what do you think of? But I will say, if anybody wants to see my full Bantamweight rankings, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. You can help support the show. You can get the exclusive and-a-half episode and – you can see my rankings. Yeah. What was TJ at? Voting. What was TJ at before this fight? TJ coming into the fight was number two or three. He was okay. up there top. Yeah. So you didn't really set him back too far with that. I set him back. I set him back down to five. Yeah. I said, because he just. I mean, he fought the he champ. Just, he just he fought the champ. He just beat Sanhagen. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like that was. That's another. That's another. You know what I mean? Another head to head, head that yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to slip him below Sanhagen, even though. And you don't want to drop Sanhagen too far after that loss either. Exactly. Yeah, that's tough. Okay. Yeah, no, that's good. So you kind of in that, I guess, in that sense, laid out your top five. So that's, I guess, a sneak free sneak preview of his top ten. Well, this time, I mean, but if you want to yeah, see it every, future, you know, every, for future, yeah, you want to yeah. go over to Patreon. So you're gonna start doing that every time, huh? Uh, maybe if it's if it's, I think if it's interesting discussion point like i think it's kind of yeah. fun because that was one that i that i wasn't sure about so um yeah i mean definitely help lays it out and by um, the way and you talk about sliding sanhagen down don't forget sanhagen had beat song Gadong as well so to yeah. me it's like tj beat cory cory beat song so there you go you i mean right in order. 
if somebody can get glorified for beating your dong, I mean, wow! I yeah. do it. I do it on the daily, and nobody <laughs> gives me any praise. <laughs> hey, I put you at number seven. Oh man! All right, listen. Uh, Trust what? me, I beat. I beat your dong song soundly. How are we, we recovering from that? How are we going? What is going on here? Uh, I guess the other big talking point that still remains um, is this whole. You know, TJ Dillashaw thing that you bring up there, yeah. you know, how far I drop him, who he should have been. You know, I, I've had some time to reflect. It. You know, when I did the NF episode, you know, kind of one of the things I said is that um, it's just an unfortunate situation. And because I do get it, like, if you're TJ Dillashaw, I understand why you think you can compete. You know what I mean? Like, and you want to take your title opportunity and you want to see what might can happen. And you have this near you know, unrealistic belief in yourself uh, as to what you can accomplish. So I get why you go out there. You know, I I saw some people saying that, hey, well, Mark Goddard, you know, if he knew about it, he should have stepped in. But he didn't know that, you know, the the, the, the injury was going to happen that easily and and that was going to be an issue. And I thought Mark Goddard stayed on top of it once it identified. But the thing that I have – and I said but it over the weekend. Didn't get identified in the bag. Well, I know, but uh, (laughs) it did. But, you know, I don't think that he knew, hey, it might come out like on the first – yeah, I use and, it. and I'm sure they they disclosed it to him in the most unlike scary words Bro, to where that it would it's cause not an a issue. Big deal. It's not just a big let deal. you know, just, hey, but, my my shoulder's been kind of slipping a bit. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's been going in and out, but don't worry, it's not going to affect my fight. Just give me a chance. But I've seen a lot of people, it. and it was <laughs> it was kind of my take around too. Is I think if anybody's going to stop it, because I look the commission, the test that they do. The, the, the mobility test or the inspections, they, they don't do a lot. You know what I mean? They don't make him raise his arm up and down. No. Can you can you take your arm and raise it out? Okay, now make a circle. Oh, is that your shoulder that just popped out? The, the, look, the most, <laughs> yeah, looks good. The looks most good. I've ever seen him do is feel the hands just to make sure they're not broken. Yeah. And and ask I've seen him ask a guy to do push ups before. That's it. That's the most I've ever seen. What if any a push up would have put his shoulder out of I wonder. <laughs> I've, but, I've, but even that, I've seen. A handful yeah. of times in my 20 years of doing this, you know what yeah. I mean. So it doesn't happen very much. So the commission's not going to catch it. Yeah. Um. But, but I have I have seen this kind of prevailing thought that the team around him could have maybe or should have maybe told not to. Now again, the team around him works for him. He doesn't work for them. Yeah. You know what I mean. So it's not like they can say we're preventing you from going out there. He can be like, no, you're not. I'm going out there. I yeah. pay you. You don't pay me. So I'm going out there. So that's tough too. But it's. It's just so hard. Like I, I think everybody wants to find who messed up here. Where was the fault? And I just can't because I feel like I understand the position of everybody involved, yeah. and including TJ, including TJ, yeah. who isn't sure. You know, who who has missed on some paychecks over the years and probably wanted to get that nice, healthy paycheck to support his family. Yeah. Got a wife and kids. He's got to take care of. Uh, who doesn't know that he'll, he'll get a title shot? It's not as if like. You pull out of a title shot. It's not as if there's some kind of agreement that, well, yes, you had earned this title shot. So don't worry, buddy. Hey, when you're back, you immediately get a title shot. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, again, the timing worked out for this one. Yeah. If there was some kind of guarantee in place, we're like, hey, listen, man, I think it's best if I withdraw from this. But can you guarantee my next fight will be for a title? Maybe you could talk about it, but you know that's not realistic. No. So I'm just, I'm having a hard time looking at anybody in this situation and being like, this is on you. Although. It just sucks at the end of the day. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, cause you definitely see both sides. I mean, we, we say it a lot of times when we've seen a fighter getting beat senseless out there. We're like, why doesn't the corner stop the fight? Because if this, the corner wants to give the fighter every opportunity to do what they know that they can do. And then for ha- to have a team knowing that even if a fighter – I mean, how many times have we heard from people saying, like, fighters, nobody go- nobody's going in there 100%. Right. 
you know, if he's able to throw his punch, if he's able to to do whatever. I don't think they understood how bad that pressure of what uh, Aljamain was going to do. But, you know, a lot of that could be, too, just that initial sort of flurry and then that initial sort of takedown just set it back. You know, maybe when he went through training, maybe when he was going even in leading up to it, he was able to do a lot more with it. But maybe, you know, with Aljo taking him down and putting some extra stress on that shoulder, it just made it pop out and become more of a factor early on. But, man, um, if there was ever any bit of quit in TJ and, and any normal human, he would have stopped early on Boy, you can see how when much that happened. You can see how much Unreal. But, you know, he was like, I'm not going to stop. And at that point, you know, like that just showed me that they, he could have had his teammates, uh, his whole team yelling in his ear minutes before he walked out there. But when you see what he was willing to go through while in the fight, you think anybody was going to be able to talk him out of it? Like, I guarantee not. Great you know, I mean, especially with, like, you said, missing paychecks, having a family to take care of. I mean, like, who isn't going to go in there and willing to take physical pain knowing that you're providing for your family? Right. I mean, like, I think anybody listening to this would be like, yeah, I'd take some shit. You know, I mean, and, and even that, he wasn't in pain the whole full time. Right. It's just in those moments where it popped out. And even when he, you know, I mean... It just sucks because I think we had such high expectations on what that fight was going to be, you know, and it just mm-hmm. went in there because we were expecting two fighters that were at the best of their shape. TJ looked like an absolute beast going in there. Alger looked like a beast. They both looked in top physical form. So we had such high expectations that when we couldn't get it and it wasn't something that initially arose from the fight, I think a lot of people just felt cheated, you know. But again, you know, these fighters are going out there and they're, I mean, Yes, it is entertainment for us, but that is their life. And, I mean, if you know that you can muscle up and, and you can just grin and bear it knowing that you're going in there and you're fighting you're trying to provide for your family, it wasn't like a bad TJ with a bad shoulder is still 100 times better than me going in there trying to fight. It is. You I know? mean, listen, I, I do feel bad for, you know, I was while I was on the PFL trip, I was speaking to somebody who was like, I feel like I got robbed of $15. It's a, if it's $75 a pay-per-view, we're basically paying 15 bucks a, a fight. I feel yeah. like I got 15 bucks taken mm-hmm. out of my pocket. So I can understand that. If anybody that paid for it and feels like they got, you know, robbed a little bit, I can understand that. I do feel really bad for people that had money on it. You know, if you're wagering on this that thing, I That I can and see. And you're like, dude, how, you know. I, I, you know, for I mean, did all, you would you bought that for that? Did you buy it for the co-main event? No, nobody bought it for the fucking co-main event. No, but I get what you're saying. If you're saying, but I that's what I'm saying. It. Like, but they're saying, like, oh, I missed on fifteen dollars, bro. You got it. Was all about that main event. It like, was. this was an extra bonus. It was. This was an extra bonus. This was like, the, you well, know, on too, bro. You were, exactly. You I got, mean, like, you got fifteen back on that one. Yeah, I mean, there, there was so that much was a thirty dollar fight. I hate when people try to be like, oh, you know, this, that. I mean, but like, if you bet on them, like, I feel bad because you're like, that's a whole other story. Hold on, man. I spent, you know, yeah. especially these people that are like high level analysts that are like, how many hours did you spend breaking down, theorizing, yeah. looking at tape, matching up tendencies, only to find out, like, oh, you know what? The one thing I didn't factor in was I didn't factor in that my guy couldn't use his left arm. Yeah, that was, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. That bet. puts a whole other thing. I mean, yeah, when you're gambling, that's just degenerates. Keep it up, guys. That's good stuff. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, like, that's that's a whole other thing. I mean, like, as us as just being spectators watching it, I get it. Not not every guy's going to go in there 100%. And if they're willing to still go out there and fight and entertain me, even knowing that he's not 100%, dude, good on you, you know. But, yeah, if I'm actually trying to, you know, 
wager on it. But that's the same thing that when we watch a fight, we look differently upon it. Like even when we're trying to watch it, I'm always like, man, no, he got robbed. That decision should have went the other way. And it's all because I made a pick or I put some money on it. It makes me view it differently. If you're able to take that out of it, I think most of these guys would look at it. So I, I, but I get it. Um, you know, there's so many other factors and everybody, when you make that pick, you're like, oh, I know something that somebody else doesn't. And you feel so smart and you feel so good. And when you're willing to put your hard-earned money and then to have it to where you're like, oh, I didn't factor in the fact that, yeah, like you said, my fighter is uh, – He's not all there, you know, and in a, and not just in a way of like, oh, you know, I've been having a sore back, a sore lower back. Like if you're taking one of your main weapons away from you, that's very limiting. And mo- who's going to bet on that person? You know, not many people. Um, so I can see where those people would be upset, but see um, but still, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten some picks and made some money off fights you probably shouldn't have. You know, I guess it's just the law of average. Every once in a while you're going to get something. But it's never usually like this where a fighter is uh, going in there with knowledge that would affect how you would bet normally. But it's still entertainment. I was entertained. Oh, yeah. I was I was more just like how long can he possibly keep it up? I found myself watching it differently because I was like, man, is Alger going to be able to – When's he going to put him away? When's right. he going to do it? And I was like, when's he going to tap? When's he going to whatever? Nope. When's he going to something? And then I immediately was just like – and then watching that moment when he goes over into the corner and watching this coach just massage it back into place. And that was – the fight completely changed. And in that sense, that you're getting different money's worth right there because you're seeing something that you've never seen before right. like that. I've never seen anybody go That's in true. there and just have that sort of interaction Um I can see where some would be losing their minds at that point. <laughs> but at the same time, I was just like, it was such a bizarre spectacle watching it. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I still feel like TJ's as tough as they come. Um, I would have liked to have seen that fight with them both being 100%. But, you know, I guess maybe we're lucky when we get the fighters going in there 100% on both of them, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm certainly not mad at TJ4. I completely, like you said, when you start breaking down the the all the variables of why somebody would go in there doing it, when else is he going to get a title shot like that? I mean, it was just everything worked in a perfect storm to get him that title shot and make that even happen, yep. and then to walk away thinking that it was going to be guaranteed. I mean, this is the guy that spent time away for cheating in the sport, like. He's not Connor. He's not somebody that could come in and has this like golden yeah. oh, ticket yeah. where he's like, "Hey, when you're back, we'll make it happen." Yeah, trust me. Yeah. You know, there were already um, people that were incredibly upset that he was getting it. That what it was if he, even what getting if he'd it. Withdrawn again, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I certainly, you know, I, it sucked that we didn't get the fight that we wanted to. But I mean, again, you know, there's there's so many fights, man. Like everybody that's upset about it will be not upset in like two weeks yeah. they move on they move, <laughs> they move on, on. Uh, alright listen uh, light media day today for UFC Fight Night 13 it was me and you and one other person and uh, reason for that is uh, some of our Las Vegas contingent is still making their way back from Florida for the uh, PFL media trip uh, so they'll, uh, they will they weren't able to make it back in time. And uh, several others have also made it out to Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. Yes. And so, uh, which is in Phoenix, which is close, so make sure a lot of, you know, makes sense that a lot of the Vegas crew would head out there. Do you call it there. Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul? 
Yes, for me, it's Anderson about- Silva versus Jake Paul. <laughs> I don't care what the I don't care what the poster says. No, that's right. It is to be fair. It is Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. So my apologies to Jake Paul. Yeah, uh, man. You know he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna be like, "Man, f that dude." That guy never gives me my credit. Guy never gives me my credit. Uh, all right, listen. So I wanted to get your temperature on this because I got to be honest with you. Now I think, I think it starts uh, a, a little bit earlier, so it's probably gonna overlap us a little bit on Saturday in terms of our coverage of. Um, of USC Fight Night 213, but I'm going to have this thing pulled up, man. I'm, I'm interested by this fight, man. And I know a lot of people, you know, kind of write off anything that Jake Paul is involved in, but this one has captivated my imagination a little bit, man. And uh, I, I just – Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time, of course. I mean, the, the, the run that he had when he was champion was unbelievable. If you weren't around during that time, it is hard to contextualize – how dominant he was and just how much it seemed like he was light years ahead of everybody else and just operating on a, on a different level. It's hard to get people to get that. But now he's 47 years old. And so, you know, father time is undefeated, of course. And you know that, uh, you know, obviously we saw the, uh, the, the, the the performances tail off towards the end of Anderson Silva's UFC career, but that is against other elite-level, world-class mixed martial artists uh, in a cage fight. You know, this is boxing, and it's against a guy in Jake Paul who is a great athlete, there's no question about that, who does have the financial resources to to dedicate himself to this and to train and to take this seriously. Like, Jake Paul is taking this seriously. Like, does he clown around and promote? Yes, that's part of what he does. But in terms of the craft of boxing itself, like, is he serious about it? Yes, yes, he is. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I look at this, I don't know that I can properly predict what's going to happen. I am a little bit shocked to see that Anderson Silva is an underdog. Like, to me, even at 47, Anderson should still be the favorite, but maybe that's my UFC and MMA bias coming into play here. I will be honest with you. I'm scared to death that Jake Paul is going to knock out Anderson Silva. And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, but I think think Anderson – I believe Anderson Silva's win. I believe Anderson Silva is still Anderson Silva enough to beat Jake Paul in a boxing match. I believe he can still move enough. I believe he can still, you know, evade and strike enough. But Jake Paul is 22 years younger, man. Yeah. That is not a joke. So, what's your temperature for this? Are you are you are you excited to tune in? Or are you just gonna try to? Wait to see some ripped highlights on social media, and uh, are you, or is it tugging at your heartstrings for Anderson <laughs> Silva? Or are you just like ah, whatever happens, happens? I just don't know if I can get work to pay for that one, and I'm not going to go out of pocket to pay for it. You know, I uh, mean that's dude, that's one of the greatest of all time. I believe that. Anyone, yeah, but I'll be anyone, working an event. At anyone the same working time. for a leading mixed martial arts <laughs> website who uh, will be involved in, in probably video production post event. Uh, should probably make sure that they watch the event in its entirety so that they have a full understanding of exactly what it is you would, you that would you're think, covering. But, you know, at that same time, I'm supposed to be watching the fight that will be sitting at the actual venue. You know, now if we can talk to the UFC to put it up on the on the TV like they were joking. I don't know if they were serious or joking about how they were – like, maybe we'll put it up on a screen. I, I, I'm pretty sure they were joking, but I'd like to. I, I think would, I, I'm like, can we make that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we make that happen? I mean, there's not many of us here. Can we do this? Um, you know, I do like it. Uh, I'm, I'm in fact, uh, in terms of, am I excited to to see the fight happen, or am I interested? In, I am interested in it. Um, but like you said, 
Um, I saw that little clip of them sort of dancing the other day. Uh, Jake is every bit as big as uh, Anderson. 100%. You know, I mean, he's a big guy. But I think the difference uh, is that youth and that is that energy that he's able to bring. My fear is that Silva, while maybe he, if he doesn't get knocked out, I mean, he's going to be, I think, being having to evade a lot of that fight that maybe Jake, even if he just does, I just feel like he's going to out maybe outpoint him because if, if, if Anderson spends all his time trying to evade and just counter punch and just sits on the back foot moving around and evading, he's not going to be scoring. Right. And I have, a, I just have a feeling that Jake with youth and then the, his confidence and just watching some of the, the, the training footage, He's got great hands, man. I mean, he, you could definitely see that the work that he's putting into it. And it doesn't take much uh, if you have one fighter that's throwing strikes and another fighter that's not throwing strikes. It's pretty easy for the boxing judges to lean one way. Um, Jake does have the power to knock out Anderson. But if giving Anderson all the credit of Anderson still being Anderson, he's going to be evading a lot of those shots. But he's still going to take some of those shots. And some of that activity might weigh in the favor of Jake. So even if it doesn't go, um, you know, into a knockout, I'm kind of leaning uh, Jake's going to get oh, it just for activity. Oh, oh Just oh. for activity. I just don't know if oh. Anderson's going to have, have the power and enough activity to hurt Jake and finish Jake. <sighs> I don't think he's going to finish him. Break him off. It doesn't mean I wouldn't be happy if if, if Anderson goes out there and starches him. Um, I just feel like seeing the body of work that Jake's done and having that youth and um, just the size. I think the the last guys that Anderson has fought haven't had what I think is the power of what we're seeing in Jake. And it's that power that knocked Tyron out. It's the power that knocked Askren out. It wasn't even like it was like this fine-tuned boxing I think the 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 crisp hands and good form is going to be what can help him outpoint Silva, but I think in terms of that bit of power to actually end the fight, I think it's going to be leaning in Paul's favor because Anderson. When have you ever just seen him just throw one big haymaker trying to take the guy's head off? He either tries to do this sort of precise pat 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 wear him down, and then eventually start getting to the point where he could do something. I just don't know if he's going to have the time to work that while still having to evade these big power punches. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess in this one, I'm going to, I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean Jake. Anderson, I'm pulling for you, dog. I'm just saying. I, I, I think everybody's pulling for, who isn't pulling for Anderson Silva? Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jake's doing a really good job of picking these people with names, but at the very end uh, absolutely. of their career. Absolutely. You know, if you're talking about Anderson Silva when he was in his thirties, not even, not even. It's a not contest. even close. Not even a contest. You know, I mean, but they see power is the last thing to go. I mean, fortunately for Anderson, he's still got great feet. He's still got great hands, but the chin is not going to be the same. One or two of these shots from Jake and Anderson will go down. I mean, fuck. I mean, this is going to sound bad. I mean, like Weidman knocked him out with just not even the the biggest touch on his chin. He was walking back a little bit. And it was just a proper place on his chin, and it took him down. Right. Jake's throwing the way the power that he's putting in some of these things. If he catches them flush, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, and Not it just be happy on Saturday night. I know it just feels it feels <laughs> like this crazy circus sideshow is still. I don't. I just don't see it ending on this one. Um, would I be happily surprised if Silva goes out there and 
and pieces him up, sure. But just like you said, Paul Jake's doing the work. Is it done? He's not he, taking any of these guys lightly. If Anderson knocks out Jake Paul, is that the end of it? Is is the Jake Paul? No, he'll still call somebody out. Yeah, because he'll still because there's still like influencers or yeah. other. But I mean, do, is it is he it, could is he could done? still try to call out Diaz? He could still try to try to call out Connor. I mean, it's not like the kid's popularity is going away. True. I mean, like this is just one thing, and then he just says, "Yeah, I just lost to the greatest, the greatest of all time, a guy I respect." They have definitely a they have respect. I mean, Anderson respects even what Jake's doing and what Jake's put into it. It's not like he's shaking it lightly, um, but. By no means do I think the the Jake Paul like sideshow circus whatever is going. <laughs> and this is a guy that he's going. He's he's, nah, he's obviously spent. the money. Nah, he's <laughs> all the money he's put into it. He's all in on boxing. He's just gonna have to. He'll pick different other ones. But I mean, even if he lost against Silva, doesn't mean I wouldn't want to watch him fight Diaz, or I wouldn't want to watch him fight Connor, or I wouldn't want to watch him fight X Y Z. I certainly don't give a f about. A Woodley rematch? No, no. I'm like, no, I don't care no. about that. You know, I, I mean, I know that Woodley would like to see that again, but what, what for? I know. You know, there's no, there's no heat. There's no real heat. There's no real anything there. But at least with Diaz and stuff, it's just like it's Diaz. But I mean, people are gonna hate me too, and I'm not sure where I would initially lean on that one either. You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna call it Nick Diaz, not Nate Diaz. Boy, who wouldn't? That'd be fun. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of the guy that hasn't fought in years. But, again, I mean, this is a guy that's still around the sport and he's still training. Right. But is he training at the level of Nate is? I don't know. I don't I don't, so. I don't see any footage or anything like that. But um, that would be a, a – Because like, then that would still set up the Nate one afterwards. Absolutely. This kid – I mean, this kid that's knows smart. what he's doing, man. He yeah. knows what he's doing, man. And – but everything, you know, as cheesy as whatever, anybody that's listening to this, I mean, you watch any of the footage, try to say that the kid is not doing the work. He's You're lying. Work. You're lying. He's putting in work. I yeah. mean, you see the clips of what he used to look like and see clips of what he's doing now. His form looks good. I mean, he's got power and he's got youth. He's got good size, man. Um, and he's got some Ohio roots. So, I mean, <laughs> can't hate too far on uh, That's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. All right, listen, we got to talk USC uh, Fight Night 213. But I did want to mention briefly uh, Bellator versus Ryzen on New Year's Eve. Right, have you booked your uh, flight to Tokyo yet uh, to cover <laughs> Saitama Super Arena for New Year's boy, Eve? Boy, I would like to. I think there's still some of those uh, Nigerians that run that nightclub that I was able to get out of paying that <laughs> that strip club. I think they might still be looking for me at the airport. Oh, that's classic. Uh, but no, I would love to go. I mean, for something like that, I would I would love it if we'd go. But man, uh, I won't I won't hold my breath for it. But I think that's an incredible event sounding. I love the concept, man. I love what they've put together. I think it is phenomenal that uh, what this is happening. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Saki Gabara and Scott Coker have had a great working relationship for years. So this is a very unique situation. But co-promotion to me is cool. You know what I mean? And hell, does this does this open the door maybe for Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg? Like I, I don't necessarily know that. You got to understand, Saki Gabara and Coker have worked together for a long, long, long yeah. time. And so you know, I think they're able to to get through some of the hurdles and the business hurdles that really exist. Um, that might be a little bit tougher to do a Bellator PFL. So, you know, the UFC is never going to co-promote, period, end of story. There's no even sense talking about it. But I think it's good to see other promotions, you know, co-promoting and working together a little bit. And uh, I, I'm excited about this event, man. And, and, and not just co-promoting, but like putting their best on the line to go against each other. 
Um, and, I, and I think that's what's really cool is seeing they're actually putting up their real – it's not just saying, yeah. hey, we'll work together and we'll send you, you know, number 20 on the, on the roster, number 28 in this division. You know, no, we're sending champions. We're sending former champions. We're sending top contenders to compete against each other for a year-end event, which I think is super cool. So far, the announcements have been that it will be tape delayed in the United States. I'm hoping we can find a way to watch it live, even though it will be, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-night type situation. Are you suggesting watching it pirated? No, 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 no. A very legalized <laughs> way of watching is what I'm asking for. I'm hoping that somebody will find a way to make that happen. Uh, whether or not that it will end up happening or not, we'll find out. But I'd love to make sure that we can watch it live, even though it will be an odd hour. Uh, we'll see. Did they uh, flip a coin for Horaguchi? How'd that happen? Is he on the Bellator side? He's on the Bellator squad. Yeah, how'd that happen? I, it's, it's a good question. I'm not sure. His last fight was on uh, with Ryzen. Right. Before that, was had a couple of Bellator, but then obviously before that, Ryzen, Ryzen, then Bellator. Just wonder if they flipped a coin and they're like, eh. Coker's like, we're coming, but we get Horiguchi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You want to make it happen? We get Horiguchi. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be a bad night for Bellator. It could be. I mean, I think if anybody's just thinking like, okay, well, the the, the U.S. fighters are going to win. Um, we've seen what happens when people go over there and and don't give credit to some of these Asian fighters. Man. Hey, you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to yep. fight in a ring. Okay, it's not a cage like you're used to. They're doing it in a ring. That that can factor yep. into things as well. So it's going to be a challenge. Um, but I love the fact that they're doing it. And it sounds like at the press conference earlier today, uh, Saki Guevara was saying, hey, maybe we can do this. You know, annually, biannually, something like that. So I, I love it. I just want to say kudos to them and kudos to that uh, the the art concept fight poster where you put the uh, samurai yeah. battle armor against the gladiator battle armor. You know, the gladiator obviously representing the Bellator logo. Uh, pretty damn cool, man. I saw that last night actually, right when I landed. I was actually driving home from the airport when I saw that on my on my Twitter feed, and I was like, this is. This is badass. So. It was pretty badass. Yeah, it it's, badass. It's, it's definitely the, the the old school, you know, Japanese flavor of of uh, promotion, but um, really cool idea. So I, I'm excited about that. Several months away at this point, we we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But I just want to say it's it's a unique uh, it's something that doesn't happen very often in sports. So I'm pretty hyped to see it happen. All right, UFC Fight Time 213, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen in the main event featherweight. Uh, you know, not two of the biggest talkers in the world. So as far as media day that goes today, uh, you know, nothing that really stirred the pot that got you super fired up where you're just going to go like, oh, I wasn't in on this fight before, but now I can't wait. Uh, you know, Calvin Cater and, and, the, and the New England cartel, they got that kind of Belichick uh, approach to them, not too high, not too low. Yeah. You know, that New England Patriots, we just get trust in the process and we just, yeah, go, go about our business. We just we do just that. Uh, meanwhile, Arnold Allen is just – I mean, he's a, he's a good dude that's on the way up, that's got an incredible career record that has built his way to get here, that is coming off a phenomenal performance. Um, but he's just not a big, bold, brash personality. You know what I mean? He's a polite kid and – you know, doesn't hold back to say how he's feeling, but they're, they're, neither of them are trash talkers. Um, you know, neither of them even really was. I mean, not especially. I guess Allen was really the only one who really asked about. It. I mean, Cater um, can't say anything about uh, Volkanovski at this point, but you know, Allen should he win, he could say, "Hey, you know, why are you trying to walk away from the division when I'm here as the number one contender? I'm the fresh face. I'm the new name on the block. You haven't cleared this place out just yet." But Arnold's the kind of guy to be like, bro. Look at what Volkanovski's doing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to step up and say, like, that dude he can go. Crazy to me. It was like, yeah. that dude can go do whatever the hell he wants. And I, you know what? I, It's funny because on the one hand, I respect somebody that, that that's that honest to be like, bro, yeah. that guy has done everything and he can go do whatever he wants. But on the other hand, just the promotional aspect of it, we like to hear people be like, oh, what? You know, 
Yeah. Once I arrive, now you need to go to 55. You take the easier fight with Islam Mahashev instead of you, you're ducking me, Volkanovski. Yeah. You're ducking me. Um, but and uh, maybe he'll change his tune. But it definitely harkened back to that whole Alexa Grasso like the other day. It was almost like he's happy being this thing, but he probably wouldn't mind taking another main event before that opportunity even arose. Which you is know? smart. Which, which is, is smart. very smart, smart especially yeah. looking at Volk. So I mean, but again, I mean, we I think in this sport we have so many times where fighters are quick to try to push for a fight by putting another fighter down. Mm-hmm. Here's one where he's like, dude, giving him praise. He's like, you know, I'm happy. Like, he was happy for him. And he's like, let him go do his thing. And, and good on him. I mean, Volk was able to do what he did to get his own title shot, to earn his own title. Now he's able to work it into where he's getting to go fight for another. I mean, like, good for you, bro. <laughs> like, like that's pretty cool. So, um, no, I thought it was refreshing. And, you know, uh, but, yeah, it wasn't like we were, we were hearing any – sort of crazy fireworks or talks. It was just like two guys ready to show up to the office and, and go. And knowing how these guys fight, it's, it's we don't have to worry about whether there's going to be fireworks on this. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, they might not have said it verbally today in media day, but we know what we're going to get with these guys. So I'm not too worried about this fight being, uh, being exciting for us. Emmett still does have the inside track, and obviously he does have the win over Cater as well, even though a lot of people felt it should have gone the other way. So, yeah. I mean, he could potentially stand in Arnold Allen's way as well. Um, so, there's you know, there's some other things that need to happen. Maybe Emmett, you know, fights the winner of this in a number one contender type fight. Uh, I mean, you do have, uh, you know, you've got Yair up there as well with the win over Ortega. But, gosh, man, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but with Yair, I feel like it's it's – with him, I feel like it's almost like the Diaz brothers or, or, you know, Nate, where you just don't count the chickens until they hatch. You know what I mean? Like, until that fight is there and it's materialized, yeah. like, I just – I struggle to to put anything together. But I guess the good thing is, you know, it, it, with it looking like Volkanovski is going to go have this opportunity to go fight at 55, there's still time to sort this all out. And you could have maybe one or two kind of rounds of the tournament, so to speak, uh, to sort this thing out. But it's a, it's a big fight. I mean, the winner of this – you know, especially for Arnold Allen, I mean, first main event, this is a real big opportunity to break into the top. I mean, you're already right there in the official rankings. He's at number six. You're going to put your name up there with, with the others. If it's Calvin Cater, it's still a big result, but you know you've had a couple setbacks and some key moments. You know you're not really leapfrogging anybody, but still, nonetheless, it does yeah. keep you up there in those. So it's it's a big fight at 45. It's just these are those ones I always say, like, it's meaningful, but it's not clear and certain, you know, number one contender or like here's the next fight, here's what we're going for. It'll be one of those ones if we do uh, see Dana on Saturday night. I'm, I'm not sure if we will or not, but if we do, where I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, afterwards going, yep, here's the clear next fight for him. Here's what makes yeah. sense, you know. And you make a good point with Emmett, you know, even if, if Cater wins, even if it was something completely spectacular, is it going to be enough to leapfrog him over the guy that just beat him? I don't think so. That's going to be a real tough ask. Yeah, I don't think That's so. That's a real tough ask. So, yeah, I mean, Arnold, it's tough for him, and he doesn't have that. He's got a whole bunch of green on the left side. When you go down here, I'm looking at Tapology, a whole lot of green. No red over there. Yep. At least not anywhere on this screen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but it is something that is good. I mean, I know for those of us that are watching the division, um, it is an exciting division. This is a fight that means a lot. And that's what's perfect about these cards. These are these these are these cards that we always say these fight nights are perfect for those guys that are fighting for that contendership. And this is a fight whether it is given an actual number one contender. If not, it's holding the spot. You know, I guess of Calvin and where he's at. But I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt uh, to stay 
in somebody's face, staying in the mind. Because, I mean, if they're not fighting, if they're not out there winning, especially if they're not headlining, people tend to forget there's just so many events. You know what I mean? So even if he does win, I think he keeps his his name fresh in people's brains. Um, and you never know. Injuries can happen to other people. The guys above him, something can happen in training. And that win keeps him right there. And then he can leapfrog over those people. Not that we want anything to happen to those people, but it happens. But, yeah, it certainly seems that uh, the person that has more to gain by a win in this one is definitely Arnold Allen. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, more more immediate. Uh, more immediate. To him. There you go. Yeah, more immediate available to him. Co-main event, Tim Meads uh, versus Max Griffin, which on paper yeah. just looks to me like that's going to be an absolute scrap. And uh, love talking to both those guys today, both of them. Look, they know what they're getting into. They know what type of fights they are. Uh, Max Griffin did say that, you know, he's really focused just on – Just wrestling, right? Just, just going to yeah, be a just, straight yeah, wrestling Oh, yeah, match. man. Can't wait till they're going <laughs> to slap hands and sit down and, and they're going to go at it. Just pulling guard uh, yeah, right just, from the get-go. Right from the beginning. It'll just be – yeah, it'll be really who, who gets the pull first. It'll be – that's what it'll really boil down to. Uh, but, no, you know, Max Griffin had an interesting point. You know, he's like, look, heartbreaking loss last time out. Um, but what I really realized is, uh, you know, energy levels. I got I got a, a cardio and, and energy levels is what I've really got to weaponize, and I've got to make that an issue. Um, as he said, you know, keep a pace on, and uh, yeah. as he said, his coach advised him, you know, make your opponent think it's never going to stop. And I thought that was a, a great way to say it. It's just a great visual. Yeah, I mean, exactly like, like it's just ah. like. Uh. It's like he's just coming in your face, and he's not. I'm just wow, gonna keep Bobby, coming until I'm not gonna stop. Tell him, Bobby Green. That's never going away. Never Thank going you, Bobby. away. Thank you, Bobby, that was for that. All time classic. Uh, meanwhile, Tim Means, of course, saying that it's just you know you know what you're getting with a team. Tim Means fight, as he said, you know maybe I'm maybe I'm not the the greatest of all time, or whatever. He's like, I know that. You know, when you see my name on a bout sheet, you know, like, okay, you know hold on. Getting. We got to watch that fight because you know it's going to be good. So, uh, very Cowboy-esque in that regards. I did think it was cool, too, that Max Griffin shared that story that in his UFC debut, he yeah. ended up in a sauna with Tim Means, and they just, you know, were kind of talking, and Tim Means was, like, giving him advice over uh, – the, the specific advice he had was over autograph seekers. He's like, make sure, you know, when you see these guys – because you, you see them out there where they've got, like – 20 posters or 15 gloves or whatever like clearly they're not just collecting autographs to their personal collection like they're just collecting autographs to sell on ebay and uh and 10 means gave him the advice of like hey make sure you ask who to make it out to to personalize it it's so true it's so funny man was, and that was back at ufc 202 uh and that was uh july no january june july august 20th 2016 that's what been a while that's a long time been a while man it's crazy do people even get autographs anymore? Is it just sell? It's just selfies now, right? Selfies, but I mean, you see the you see the diehards that sit at the hotel, like the host, the fighter hosts. I'll still see that, or those. Uh, well, they used to do that open workouts right. and some of the other the forward facing stuff. They would, but yeah, I mean, you don't see it quite as much. But I think it's just you just don't see people hanging out at places like they used to. But um. I'm sure it still happens, yeah. but it is such a good point because I remember I, I heard other fighters say that exact same thing, like get a name because then you know that they're keeping it. If they're asking you to do multiple things, you, it's like, bro, most people would be happy you sign one thing. If you're asking me to sign three or four, you're going to resell something. I remember if you, if you could think back years and years ago, I think the worst spot for it was MGM Grand Garden Arena because all the workout rooms were down there, but that arena is connected internally to the hotel and there's right. no like sec- there used to not be security stopping you from going there and so like people would just camp outside of like the workout rooms and they'd have literally like can you sign this and then they start moving and they've got like yeah. 30 of them or whatever you know what I mean they're getting you to sign all of them and 
I mean, respect the hustle, I guess, for trying to make your money on the side. But I I'm just, sure some of our listeners probably did the same thing. The same. Well, I mean, look, it's one thing to collect it personally for yourself. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with making a business out of it, I guess, but you can just see that the fighter's like, what are you – come on, man. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing here? Let's uh, kick him a little something as a thank you. Waldo Cortez Acosta and Jared Vandera in a heavyweight fight. Uh, Cortez Acosta making his uh, debut. Uh, obviously looked incredible in uh, claiming his contract on the contender series against Vandera, who's in a bad spot. But I, I thought Vandera was really uh, – I don't know, refreshed. He's always goofy and telling jokes, but we, you know, we got past the jokes a little bit today and we pressed past it and he kind of got down to it. Um, and I thought it was kind of cool. You know, we talked about the fact that he moved uh, to King's MMA and, and, you know, he said he straight up had just kind of lost his passion for the sport and all this kind of all the stuff around it, but went to King's MMA. Uh, obviously, you get a chance to, 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 to. I've never heard anybody train with Rafael Cordero and walk away with anything bad to say about him. But yeah. of course, he was praising it and just saying, you know, what a genius Rafael is. And then, you know, also just how great the whole community and that that squad is there in the field there. And he's like, man, it has really ignited my passion. And he had said, you know, hey, this is this is my final fight on my UFC deal. But I thought it was cool that he he mentioned, you know. I know I'm in kind of a must-win type situation here in terms of keeping my contract, but because I've kind of found my passion again, like I'm not really worried about it because if they do release me or don't re-sign me, I'm going to keep going anyway, and I'm just going to and I'm going to get my way back there. So um, not an easy matchup here in his in his uh, final fight on his deal. Cortez Acosta is raw. He's green. I mean, he's still you know new in his career, but uh, is a specimen of an athlete for sure. Um, a tough one, but I don't know. I guess – I would say if you if you want to totally write Vantera off because of you know his past results, I guess maybe do it at your own risk. Now he's facing somebody a lot more raw, and again, it does seem like a reinvention, and through that reinvention has come a different perspective. And, a lot, and look, this game is so mental, man. This game is so mental that sometimes that can play into things, especially at the heavyweight level. Yeah, and you know, in this one, I mean, I it definitely I leaned on my um, for my staff picks even though this wasn't one of the ones that I don't think really no yeah this one doesn't matter uh I leaned on the fact that the contender series my bonus oh, factor you love the contender I love I love the people that go through the contender series and I remember that fight I remember thinking like he had a lot of power but he definitely still needed to refine some sort of stuff so um hopefully he's answered those things because I think Jared's smart enough fighter that he can cause problems for um Acosta if he's not fully there but man um I don't know. I, I'm excited to see it because I love when the heavyweights get out there and just throw hands. So I'm hoping it's that, and I hope it's not, uh, you know, one guy that's being too cautious and another guy that's just holding the other guy's arms. I hope we're actually going to get the fight that we want to see, which is two big guys just going out there and throwing some big, crazy bombs. But, um, yeah, I mean, but in terms of their personality, I mean, like, Jared, I mean, how fun was that dude today? I love that he yeah. was just – you know, self-deprecating about his mustache and was just chatting. And he's just funny as all get out, you know. And that's the kind of character you like seeing in the UFC. Um, I like to see him when he comes to the media days. But, you know, you got you to gotta gotta get wins. You got to get wins. That's you it. You know, unfortunately. But, uh, no, it should be a fun fight. It should be a fun fight. But, yeah, when I when I went on my leans, I, I used the uh, – I leaned towards the, the contender series. But I started thinking today maybe that wasn't the right play. But um, we'll just see. 
as as much as he was going out there joking and keeping it lighthearted and then let alone having the pressure of you know is this the last fight that's going to be on the contract are they going to give me something else you know do i ha- how much do i have to go out there and perform because that can affect somebody um i don't know i i i just lean like he has a lot more stuff on his shoulders and heads and instead of this other guy that's coming in there um trying to make a big splash but i also didn't feel like the the Waldo coming in is going to be like, oh, I'm so great. You know, like they put me on the, the main card for my very first one. I'm going to whatever. Um, that could be because just the lack of English because he was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to speak in English, you know, whereas we might have got more shit talking if he actually spoke in his native language. But the way that the translator was adding a bunch of extra shit, it might have who knows what we would have heard anyways, you know, coming out of it. But um, no, it should be a good fight. I mean, I love it. I mean, who doesn't like a good heavyweight fight, you yeah. know? So it, it should be fun. I'm hoping it's fun. I hope some somebody's going to get knocked out. <laughs> Josh Frim versus Treshawn Gore. I spoke to Josh Frim on a, on a video call uh, a week or two ago. Good dude. You know, had a, had a setback in his short notice debut. Now he's had a full camp. Now he's excited. Feels like he's got to get a win to, to, to truly prove his legitimacy as a UFC fighter. But Treshawn Gore, man, once again, I've, I've said it before. I, I like this guy, man. There's just something about his authenticity – um, his faith, you know, that just gets me. Uh, and today, man, it was on a different level. It, it, just the emotion that was there, man. I mean, obviously, number one, I, you know, I just asked him about that. You know, a man that, you know, believes there's a greater purpose for yourself. And then, you know, you come in and you have a couple setbacks. What does that feel like? And is that difficult to kind of balance? And you say, yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, made some changes, uh, moved out to Fortis MMA, uh, slept on an inflatable mattress in his, in his brother's apartment. Um, and, and, and just did the things that he felt he needed to do to change. And then, you know, just talked about – and really was fighting back the tears as he talked about the fact that, you know, where he came from, um, there's no guarantee that he would ever be anything. And, and now, you know, he feels like, A, he's here, but, B, there's a long way to go. And, and just to just – it's just that stark reminder that sometimes I think – we take for granted and that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, the, the hardcore fans that are listening to us don't ever do, but it is easy to take for granted oh, yeah. sometimes. You know I mean? We're, we're seeing 24 athletes a week and that's only in the UFC. We might see 24 here, 24 at Bellator. And you forget that each of them has their own journey, their own struggles, you know? And then, you know, so he's talking about not only where he came from and what he saw growing up and his dad's in prison and, you know, all these hurdles he's had to overcome. And then he says, you know, I, I'm sorry I'm emotional, but, you know, my my mom just had her leg amputated because of diabetes, and, and I want to make sure that I get her the best rehab possible to make sure that, you know, she doesn't die. And just I, – I don't know, man. It just – and I know it's not easy. And even he seemed to be almost a little embarrassed that he was as emotional as he would be. I would say you definitely don't need to be, but I get it. You know, get you're it. like, I'm a cage fighter. I'm sitting up here in the media day with fighting tears back. But it's just such a stark reminder of, like – Every one of these men and women, man, they've got their own journey, their own struggle, and they're going through some shit. And Treshawn's is, um, you know, bigger than most, I guess. But um, just, I don't know, confirmed once again to me that I, I like this kid and um, I, I wish him nothing but the best, man. And, and you know, like I said, I like Josh Friend too, after my conversation with him. And, you know, again, it's his dream. He, he's been working years to get here. Uh, he lost his, his debut as well. I mean, it's just – it sucks that somebody else – and that, that the great thing about this sport and the terrible thing about this sport, you know, somebody's got to lose. Um, but I, I don't know. Treshawn Gore, if, if you got a chance to go watch his full media day interview, man, it's it's 
is pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think all of us after it was done were just like, wow, that was like, it was just super heavy, and it was like it was uh, just one of those things that yeah, just puts it all, brings it back into perspective. You know what some of these fighters go through, and you know you might complain about. Oh, I don't. My workload today is really bad. How can life go on? And then you're seeing people that are having real struggles, real mm-hmm. stuff going on, and you're just like, "Wow, never mind. I'm gonna shut up about my small little problems," you know. And I've seen, we've seen them in plenty other um, media days, other interviews, and never that level of emotion sort of came out to that point. You know, it was just like you could see how much that it was weighing on him. Um, wanting to provide for his family, you know, taking care of his mother, wanting to prove it to himself and to, to those around him of what can be possible with with hard work and effort, and uh, it was moving. It was it was moving, and it was you could tell it was right at the beginning. I mean, when you asked your first sort of question, it wasn't even like um, you tried to throw him something to cause him to release these sort of emotions and whatever. And immediately as things were starting to go on, his eyes started like watering and you could tell that it was almost like, I'm dealing with this stuff. Can, can I please just get this off my chest? You know, like he was looking for it. And I felt, I'm glad that we were able to like help him kind of work that out because it was all the much more valuable for us instead of just saying, Oh, Hey, you're going to go out and kick your opponent's butt. You know, you gave real like shit, real life shit to really put it into perspective and, made me thankful of what I'm have in my own life. And I think anybody that would watch it, how can you not feel empathy for what he's going through, but also just be thankful for what you have? Because we take for granted that a lot of these fighters have to go through so much stuff, even just to get their foot in the door, you know, and then to be able to battle all that and still go out and be able to perform at, at a high level uh, in this arena is just it's just crazy. It's it's maddening. But um, if you weren't a fan of his before, I mean, like, wasn't that I wasn't a fan of his before? I just wasn't never. I wasn't. I didn't have as much to invest me into his story because mm-hmm. you don't really know. I didn't really know his story. But after that, I'm. How can you not pull for him and feel fully invested in this kid and not want him to get like good things and be rewarded for you know his effort and his mindset and uh, um, not that you ever you know want to pick you know people just because you're like oh you know this one I don't really know the two guys I'm just gonna randomly pick this because we do do that but to actually hear somebody's stories um, I'm completely pulling for him that night I want him to win I want him to be able to get the things he needs but uh, um, it was just nice to see um, him just open up. I feel like he's been more closed in the past, like just maybe not talking about it, but who wants to talk about that sort of shit? Right. You know, like uh, I certainly wouldn't want to. And I mean, a lot of fighters probably feel like the last thing they want to do is burden people with their problems because they're along with themselves. They, they, they understand everybody has uh, problems, but man, something like this, it's like, bro, it's okay talk about it because that shit's a lot worse than most other people are ever going to deal with so share it pass the load on pass i mean pass the burden a little bit i think that's why you find certain some people that are so devout in their faith and their belief in religion and god and other stuff because that gives them that shoulder that gives them that thing to kind of help put meaning on um some of the stuff that they're going through you know that there's a, a bigger purpose for all that shit that they're having to go through and uh you know, this kid, he's coming in, he's coming in looking good, but man, it was, uh, 
it was just so heavy. It was so it, it was. was it was it was very moving and but it was it wasn't because uh, we've had some of those things that happened in the back before where it's just like oh you feel sort of drained because you you're listening to these stories and you feel so bad. I still felt like it ended positive because of what he had been through, but he just that you know taking it on and just push for the good things and had that belief man I felt good for him at the end I felt good that he was able to get that off his chest but I remember as it was happening I was like there were some follow-up questions I wanted to ask but then I was like how do you follow up that can't make this guy you go know? through that his last quote you know that we sort of ended on was just so powerful that was just like you said it all right there anything after that is just taking away from that great shit that you just said you know like feel kind of silly to ask something else i think i was going to ask about the dealing with the trolls and the haters and you know was it better you know when did it get worse was it bad beginning i'm like that's just going to take away from the super powerful shit he just said you know um and that's why i think it was good that there was a smaller media day we were able to get great moments and then it was like okay cool we can pull back we're done and not somebody that just says, oh, okay, tell me about your fucking tattoo, you know, or, or whatever, you know. And I'm just pulling out thing. I'm not right. picking on any particular right. person. But it's just like somebody could throw out something random right just after something weird, that yeah. power. It's so It seems so desensitive, desensitive to what they just said. Yeah. You know, at some point it's just like, okay, I'm going to back away. I, I, I'm going to let you end on that really powerful moment. And speaking know? of these people, people that reach out to fighters via social media to hate on them, yeah. I pray it's just a bunch of idiot kids. Like, if you're yeah. a grown-ass adult, like, reaching out to somebody, What's dude, wrong with you? Even if you're a kid, there's something wrong with you. Like, you should know better, but I just don't get that shit. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree will open up the main card. That could be absolute fireworks for sure between those two guys. Phil Hawes and Roma Delice uh, is the featured prelim, which Phil Hawes has looked phenomenal as of late. Roma Delice can certainly look good as well. Uh, did say that he, he wouldn't mind facing Paul Craig at some point since they look alike and, and they might move up a weight class. That kind of cracked me up a little bit. Uh, Andre Arlowski is back. Didn't get to see Andre today, but he's facing Marcos Rogério de Lima. And honestly, man, the rest of his card. Look oh, we saw him walk up the stairs. Saw him, yeah, he peeked saw, into the room. He peeked uh, into the room. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Holmes versus Junior on Park. Chase Hooper versus Steve Garcia. Cody Durden versus uh, the newcomer Carlos Mota. And uh, CFSC vet Christian Rodriguez against Joshua Weems. Um, look, I, I think stylistically, as usual, I mean, look, there's very few cards you look at and be like, oh, my God, this is just going to be stunningly boring. Um, I get it, man. You know, it's not UFC 280. It's not a pay-per-view. But I do think it, it's going to be a decent night. You can bounce it out with a little Anderson Silva. And uh, I just said it the wrong way again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's it's all right. Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. I'll get it right. I apologize. Uh, Jake's never going to subscribe to our show. Never. Now. Never. And then there also is a Bellator show earlier in the day as well. That's over in uh, Italy. Uh, Mansar Barnoy, who was uh, kind of a, a newcomer, but has been around a while, but a newcomer to Bellator. He'll be on there. Fabian Edwards is on there as well. Uh, definitely has that uh, European flavor as it as it should. You know, hopefully they get their full kind of European uh, series rolling again. I mean, I know they were making some big strides over there in Europe. Um but that that event is also happening on uh, on Saturday as well. So a full day. It's all loaded on one day. I kind of wish it was spread out. I like it when it's like a little bit on Friday night, a little bit on Saturday night. But this is going to be one of those multi-screen, <laughs> m- multi-things going on. I know. On. Apparently, you're going to be trying to pirate a video while you're out there in the, in the Sir, I it. would never. <laughs> I would never pirate a video. I mean – 
If you pirate a video, by the way, don't ever complain about fighter pay afterwards. Yeah, okay? <laughs> that's that's hundred percent true. I just want to make sure that that you is are on part the record. of the problem, sir. <laughs> exactly. At that right. point, you are part of the problem. All right, uh, listen. Uh, I'm gonna go enjoy this fine, beautiful weather. I got a couple days left of October. Sneak out there and do that. But uh, make sure you're uh, make sure you're, you're you're logged in. You're subscribed. You're, you're leaving us some ratings, some reviews. We always do appreciate that feedback. It helps us out. And of course. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow if you want to help take your support to the next level, as we certainly appreciate it. Busy, busy Saturday. We'll have it all covered. I guess we'll have a hell of a lot to talk about on the and a half episode. So look forward to seeing you then. In the meantime, thanks for listening.